welcome to another episode of the UB Pod. We got a great show in store for you today. We're coming off week six of the NFL season, and we have a little bit of baseball tidbits coming in with the MLB playoffs in full swing with the ALCS and the NLCS in action currently. So we're going to start off the show with some headlines, as we typically do. Then we're going to have the next segment, which will be Have a Day, where we'll talk about players and the world of sports who had themselves a day um, this past week to a half of a week. Um, and then we'll move into the daily debate, which we think it might be a pretty provocative one where we might get some people disagreeing with us. And then we'll close out the show with power rankings. And there might be a little bit of moves going on in this week's power rankings going to week seven. So that's what we got going on. So let's kick it off at the top of the show. We got Colin right here. I'm Doug. Let's go. So this week, we had one of the best games in football. I don't think I could have been more excited for an NFL game than I was for the Redskins and Dolphins. It was the number one pick bowl. The team who won was really the loser. The team that lost that game will inevitably have the better shot to earn the number one pick in the upcoming 2020 NFL draft. And what happened? The Redskins had an early lead. The Dolphins benched Josh Rosen. And we had Ryan Fitzmagic come in to save the day for the Dolphins. Or was it really for the Redskins because they needed the number one pick? Fitzpatrick comes in, leads a second-half comeback, and the Dolphins become one score away from winning the football game. They only need an extra point to tie the game and assume, assumably like send it to overtime. What does Brian Flores, head coach of the Dolphins, decide to do? Go for two and win it there. Dolphins miss the two-point conversion. Redskins win. Dolphins win the number one pick bowl. Yeah, I'm convinced the Dolphins GM paid Kenyon Drake to drop that ball because he it, it was wide open. It, it was sorry it hit you in the hands kind of moment. Like he was on the one-yard line ready to just – he could have sneezed into the end zone, and he just flat-out dropped it. Sorry, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, not even sorry. You suck. <laughs> Can't wait for you to get traded during the fucking during the fire sale the Dolphins are having. But yeah, I think the Dolphins come out pretty much winners in this, even though they lost the game. I mean, it was nice to see a little bit of Fitz Magic back in twenty nineteen. But I think this Dolphins team is primed. Oh. They're ready for this number one pick. They're ready. They need it. And they kept that intact this week. Yeah, It was a very scary moment for a lot of Dolphins fans thinking they might win. But luckily, they came out with the loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what's another interesting thing is, though, that there are now two winless teams in the NFL. We have the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Both without a win. Both will face each other later in the season. On December 22nd, one of the last last games of the year. 
Will we have another number one pick poll two in one season? Oh, absolutely. I mean, whoever whoever loses that game will ultimately that will ultimately decide the number one pick. It's week sixteen. At that point, you're playing for nothing. Both teams are playing like shit. You're seeing what you got on your roster at that point. You're playing all your young guys. That that honestly could be a pretty fun game. Just like just like this game was actually an okay game, that game could be okay. It could be pretty fun. Do you think that either of these teams will be trying to win? Like, will we see them physically trying to lose this game? Guys dropping and uh, fumbling a snap or maybe accidentally shanking a punt so they give the other team good field position? If if I'm the head coach... Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm I'm telling everyone in my team, we're losing this game. I love you guys. I love your heart. We gotta lose. We need to tank for this number one pick. We need this number one pick. The Dolphins need it bad. I think you would be fired on the spot. No. And I think on top of that, as a head coach, you would be worried of being fired regardless for going winless or getting that first pick. Even though the Dolphins did just hire Floors, I still think it's a scary sight if their team goes winless throughout the season and gets that number one pick. Are they going to be looking towards a full rehaul where they go, okay, we got our guy Tua. Let's see if we can go out and get a better head coach that believes in Tua also. Not that Brian Floors doesn't, but maybe they realize that's not their guy. Well, also, you have to think about that this is Flores' first year. Yeah, um, what was it, Wilkes in Arizona that got fired last year? In Arizona, Steve Wilkes, yeah. yeah. Now Wilkes, defensive after coordinator one for year, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, after one year. I mean, they, but they can't expect too much this year because they traded everyone and their mother away from that team. Yeah, Everyone's gone. So you can't like they are tanking. They are embracing the tank. They are they're honestly one of the first teams to actually embrace the tank in the NFL and actively not try and win games. I mean, yeah, you you made a move for Josh Rosen, but he was basically free at that point. I mean, he drafted top ten and then you trade him for basically a third round pick. So I mean, I think I don't think they're going to fire Flores depending on this year. I think they're going to really try and stack draft capital as much as they can and try and go for it next year. Well, they already did. Build up. uh, I think they, right now, the model for the league should be the Colts. You You build your team from the line out. You go, protect your quarterback, get some solid road graders for your running backs, and on defense... You get after the quarterback. That that's that should be the model as of right now. I'm not sure if that's how they're going to follow it, but that should be what they're looking to do. I agree. And it's strange to think that football in the NFL might technically be making a step backwards in regards to offensive play calling and team building. Because what we have seen the last few years is that franchises value their receivers and throwing the ball down the field more than they value the run game. And the run game is really only there 
to help with the passing game. And what the Colts are doing is they're embracing the run game as their strong suit and just jamming the ball down people's throats. Run the and, damn ball. Right. And that's how football used to be played. That's how football so, should be played. Well, is is it going to be a situation where we bring back the old ways of football to now beat the new ways of football? Like, I think it's going to be old with still creative play calling and pre-stamp motions. Like, we didn't really see that, obviously, like in the 80s and everything. Like, that's very new. But, like you said, like, that might be the way to do it. We saw the Colts beat the Chiefs, who we had ranked number two in our power rankings, how a lot of people had ranked one or two in their power rankings. And the Colts came in and they beat them. I think you're right. I think the Dolphins may need to look at that framework of building a strong offensive line, get a late round running back who mm-hmm. ends up being Marlon Mack, you know, like a, well, a fifth a, round. So, well, it's a late round, yeah, it's a late that's round a, pick, okay. fifth round, uh, third day, Saturday. So, yeah. I, th- I think that's a good way to, I agree, I think it's a good way to combat today's team, like what, what people are doing today with throwing the ball. I think that is a very good way to do it. I'm curious what they'll do because they do have uh, Brian Flores, who's a defensive minded coach. So, I think. You are onto something where that is might that might be what they look to do. Obviously, if they get the first pick, they're drafting a quarterback. But you're right. I mean, I think that's what the Dolphins will look to do with a defensive minded head coach. I mean, even if they even they will have they will more than likely end up having two top ten picks. So even if you don't go for the quarterback with that first pick, I'm not a huge Tua fan. I think he's a great quarterback, but I'm not sure how well his game is going to translate to the NFL quite yet, um, even if you don't go get a quarterback with that first pick, you can still go get yourself like a Chase Young from Ohio State who's an absolute beast off the edge. I mean, look, look at a picture of the guy. He's like, he's pretty much Miles Garrett 2.0. He's fucking giant. But, I mean, yeah, I think, and like we, we talked about earlier with Daniel Jones, the best friend of a, a rookie or inexperienced quarterback is a good running back or a good running game because it makes defenses think like, hey, we gotta we actually gotta play this run game first and that opens up the back end on the defense, which makes it a lot easier on the quarterback. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't totally agree with drafting a non quarterback at number one if I'm the Dolphins, unless they actually do think Rosen's their guy. And there's a possibility in that. There is a possibility that they say, this guy has shown flashes of what we want our franchise as a quarterback to be. We just don't have the offensive line and pieces in place to protect him. And if they go through the draft process and they don't really like Tua, like you're saying, or there's not really a quarterback they love and they realize, hey, like I think we could do with Josh Rosen, I would not blame them at all. Mm-hmm. I like Josh Rosen coming out of college, and I still like Josh Rosen. Same. I feel bad that he's in the situation he is, and yeah. that he was drafted at number ten, got traded for an eventual number one pick, um, replaced by a number one pick, and he's just in limbo now. And he might get booted again for the exact same thing yeah. for a team that sucks that wants to draft a guy number one. I don't have a problem with them saying Rosen's our guy at all. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, there are great guys that you could pick at number one to build the defense, to build the offensive line with maybe a, a, a 
left tackle mm-hmm. at the number 10 slot-ish, yeah. wherever we think the Steelers are going to end up, because they're going to have another top 10 to 12 pick is what we're projecting the Steelers to land. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think you're on to something, but it would have to be the fact that Josh Rosen is their guy. Yeah. It's not going to be a thing where, oh, we're going to ch- get Chase Young at number one, and we'll go find a quarterback at number 10. That's stupid. They're not going to be doing that. I would never do that. Because if you know you there you if you know you have your guy, you draft them at one because you don't want to risk any other teams drafting if they have the the first pick. Well, yes, but even if they don't, even if it's two or three, because so what, what there's you, no way they draft below five. What what do you do if if the Bengals have the first pick and they take Tua? Do you take Herbert or do you ride with Rosen? I'd ride with Rosen. And but just that's, build yeah. around Rosen, right? Because I I don't think Rosen's really had a chance to show what he can do because he hasn't he's never had the team around him. I agree. And if you build that team around him, he might be able to be that guy for you, mm-hmm. and might even be better than whoever you were gonna take at one. I mean, whether that be Tua or Justin Herbert. I mean, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how they play it. Right. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like you need to. Determine. Obviously, they know this, but they need to determine: is Josh Rosen better than Tua and Herbert? And if the question, if the answer to that question is yes, then you're drafting defensive lineman, offensive lineman with those two first picks. Yep, both. Yep, you're not drafting anywhere else. Nope. Because you saw that how that happened with Mika Fitzpatrick. How much did that help your defense? Not at all. Yeah. So that that's what I'm doing. That that would be my plan of approach if I'm the Dolphins. First, yeah. decide, is Josh Rosen the guy? Is he better than the other two, the other quarterbacks in this draft class? Next, if the answer is yes, then you draft two, an offensive and a defensive lineman with those first two picks with, between their pick and the Steelers pick. If the answer to that is no, then at the number one pick or number two pick, you're drafting whichever quarterback, if he's there, that's your guy, you're drafting him there, and then at 10, you're drafting an offensive or defensive lineman. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it it does to me. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You have to be comfortable with starting them for the next ten years, because your your career is riding on whoever is under center. And if you're comfortable with Josh Rosen, then screw it, stick with Josh Rosen. But if you're not, go and do everything that you can to go get whichever quarterback that you like in this draft. It doesn't matter who it is. Whether it be Tua, Herbert, Fromm, doesn't matter. I don't care who you take at one. If you have the first pick, go get your quarterback. I, I I don't care if everyone, just like what happened with the Browns a couple years ago with Baker. Yeah, Baker was supposed to be a top top five, top ten pick. Yeah, sure. No. You go, you take your guy number one, and you lock it in. Absolutely. Just lock it up right then and there. Exactly. And another part of that is that that's the most position, most important position on the field. So you need to draft that number one. There are other guys in the span of an entire seven-round draft at other positions that you could still get good value for. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I know right off the top of my head, the Cleveland Browns drafted Larry Ogunjobi in later rounds. Mm-hmm. He's one of the top defensive tackles now in the NFL, and he's showed that the last few years, and he was a late-round pick. You're not draft. You don't need to draft a guy like that in the first round. You just don't. Yeah. There's very few guys like that are like a Miles Garrett or like a 
Bradley Chubb or like a um, Jadavian Clowney starting to come around more. Like there's a few guys like that that you're confident going, bam, we're going to get this guy in the first round. So you need to go after that quarterback position first. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of quarterbacks, another number one quarterback who might be uh, might be on the move, Cam Newton. What the hell's going on with this Panthers quarterback situation, man? It's uh, it's getting weird. It's getting real weird. I mean, it, it harps back on the thing we talked about a couple weeks ago about whether it's consistency over talent, you know. And we're seeing that right now. I mean, Kyle Allen went four is four and zero right now with this Panthers team, and. Cam Newton's not 100% healthy. Well, I, I, and I don't, and no one knows if Cam Newton will ever be 100% healthy again. Do you think the Panthers should trade Cam Newton? I do. I think they can only do good by trading Cam Newton. I don't think that by not, I, I don't think if they don't trade him, then it's it's just not going to end up being a better situation. So. If you want to get some type of value for Cam, now's the time to do it. There's no other time because, like you said, he might never come back. Yeah. But if he does come back and he's good on another team, well, you're still 4-0 with Kyle Allen and you're right. still rolling. Like, that, that has nothing to do with you. He still might not have done that for your team. Like, you never know. You don't know the situation. He might get on a team that just has better pieces around him. Right. You don't know. So I think the situation they're in right now you have to trade Cam Newton if you get a good enough offer. I think that they could pull off a first round and a future like second, third round. They, they can get a big haul for Cam Newton right now mm-hmm. because teams don't really understand the length, the the entire full frame of what this injury entails. And a lot of people, I'm sure, will be confident enough that he'll come back. I'm confident that he'll come back personally. Oh, yeah. Um. So if I'm the Panthers, yes, I'm pulling the trigger for the right price. I'm not just giving him up. Right. It's got to be like a first round, a future second, third round. Yeah. It, it needs to be a big haul for Cam Newton. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the writing the writing is on the wall with Cam Newton when it comes to Cam and Kyle Allen. I mean, Kyle Allen has, has completed 65.6% of his passes this year. Cam Newton only completed 56 through his first in his only two starts. Kyle Allen has seven touchdowns with no interceptions. Newton didn't have a passing touchdown, but did throw an interception. The Panthers are averaging 31 points with Kyle Allen, whereas Cam only had him with 20 points. I mean, it, it's just, I think at this point, I agree with you. Obviously, don't give him up for nothing, but at the right price, if you're rolling with Kyle Allen and you want to stick to your guy, fuck it. Why not? You know, I mean, let give him up for whatever you're going to get. And I think those picks, if if you do get picks, will be a lot, very helpful. And you can continue to build around Kyle Allen. If he's going to be your guy and he's playing, if he has the chemistry with this team, then why not? You know, you're winning. There's, I mean, it's... I mean, the proof is in the pudding right now. You're winning games. Why not? And on top of that, the team that's going to be trading for Cam Newton, not going to be a great franchise because no. obviously they don't have their franchise. So you're going to have, you're gonna have you're good picks. Good picks, exactly. So if it's me and I'm the Carolina Panthers, 
oh, I'm totally trading Cam Newton. I'm trading him today if I can. Oh, yeah. And another thing that kind of pushes Cam out the door a little bit more, they did just draft another quarterback this year. Trying to remember his name right now, and I can't believe Will Greer. They drafted Will Greer this year from West Virginia in the third round, I believe. So, I mean, they're already looking to move on from Cam already during the draft last year. So, I think I think Cam's done in Carolina. I, I, I don't know if Cam comes back because the people are talking he's not going to have his job coming back. I'm not sure that I'd give him the job coming back based on the way he's been playing, how bad he, how bad his shoulder is, and Kyle Allen's rolling right now. I, th- I think the Panthers trade Cam Newton. Dude, I completely forgot they drafted Will Greer. Mm-hmm. So even if Kyle Allen doesn't work out, ends up not working out for you, you still have Will Greer sitting there in the wings waiting, still learning the offense, learning everything. So I, I think, I think the writing's on the wall for Cam. That just pours it on. I really, I completely forgot they drafted him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And Kyle Allen's the one been playing this well. Wow. Yeah. It. It does. This that, is gonna sound crazy, but it's gonna be a situation where you could see like the Patriots locker room of a couple years ago, 2016. You got Jimmy Garoppolo. You got Jacoby Brissett. You know, could be if you have your guy, you trade the other two. I mean, obviously, and there's no Tom well, Brady yeah. in this situation, but if your guy is Will or your guy is Kyle Allen, you keep him. You trade the other one. You are you trade Cam Newton. Trade two and keep the one. Yeah, good good value. Oh yeah, it could be a similar situation. Well, I think I think the best the best course of action would be to trade Cam just because it's his well, first, of course. Well, I think only trade Cam because but down the road you don't know that for sure. But I will say I'd like I would like to keep Greer on the roster with Kyle Allen. I think Kyle Allen and Greer would be two good quarterbacks to keep together on your roster and if you're gonna get rid of Cam, definitely keep those two. So I agree. And obviously I'd keep them. But if you trade Cam and someone calls comes calling about Will Greer and it's a good enough offer. You got to consider that as See, well. I, I don't know about that because we've seen we sh- we've seen how important it is to have a good backup quarterback this year. True. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett, like mm. having a good backup quarterback is almost essential now because you you never know what's going to go on. You never know who's going to get hurt when. So Kyle Allen could get hurt this week, and then who you got waiting in the wings? You're not going to trade Will Greer and have some. Nobody's sitting in the wings. You want to have someone who you know can go out and win you win you a game. I mean, look at look at Fitzmagic. He came in late in the late in the in the second half and came back and almost won the damn game for him. Accidentally. But I mean, still it, I, I think I think at this point, trade Cam Newton, keep Greer and Allen together, see which one Maybe have a quarterback battle next uh, this off season. See what happens. See who wins the job. That's true. Wow. Because I was also thinking, if they don't think either of those guys are the guy, and there's a quarterback in this draft, but probably not where they're gonna be drafting because they keep winning games. So I would have to assume that they're gonna be going with Kyle Allen or Will Gre- Will Greer, like you said, mm-hmm. because their draft pick is just not gonna be good enough. But 
the draft picks that they get for Cam Newton, assuming they trade Cam for picks, will more than likely be in the top half of the draft. Yeah, but at that point, unless you fall in love with Herbert or with Fromm, mm-hmm. which I don't think they will after they saw a no. Kyle Allen right now who's undefeated, yeah, who they've seen actually produce— how could you take a maybe college player for over a guy who has done it? Yeah. No, like, you're right. You can't argue that a guy's undefeated right now. Yeah. So if it's me, I guess keep the guys in the locker room, and then you go after more pieces to build around them. Yeah. Get a, get a left tackle. Who's their left tackle? I have no idea. Exactly. Get a left tackle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting situation. Uh, it, I'll be very with, interested with to see how that plays out yeah. the next, over the next couple of weeks. Because the trade trade deadline's coming up, 29th. So you had pulled up a couple different teams who were interested in Cam Newton. Do you uh, have that list? I, no, there, there's not a list, but I did see a Bleacher oh. Report uh, notification that an AFC anonymous AFC GM came out and said Cam's Newton would be quote-unquote robust and up to 10 teams could be interested in trading, trading for Cam if the Panthers decide to trade Cam. An, an AFC team. GM. An AFC GM. What AFC GM would be inquiring about Cam Newton? That's very interesting. Let's go through the AFC. Nope, not the Patriots, not the Bills, not the Jets, probably not the Dolphins. I don't know why they'd... Probably not. That'd be a very weird thing for them to do. Yeah. Not the Ravens, not the Browns. Broncos? The Steelers? Steelers, maybe. maybe, maybe they've already had. Uh, they already traded their first round pick, though. But exactly, so they so can't they, draft a quarterback. But they could draft a future first. They can trade they can a trade future, future first. first. They, they could like, but then trade, that just that just sets you behind so much. If you're the Panthers, y- yeah, if the no, Steelers. if you're the Steelers, yeah. that sets yeah. you behind a lot. But that team, that team is. Pretty primed without a quarterback. Yeah, but but I don't I don't mm. I don't think they trade for Cam after winning last night over the Chargers. Yeah, maybe not. Especially especially the in the in the way they did, they they he he played pretty well. He didn't he he won the game. The Oakland Raiders. No, really? You think no. they're that set on David Carr? I don't think they're that set on David Carr. I just think they're not that convinced Cam Newton's going to be good. They're three and two. Yeah. Can't complain. That's true. I, ooh, Tennessee Titans. Oh, the Titans. They pulled Mariota. They did. And Cam Newton is essentially the same kind of style style as Marcus Mariota. So you just plug and play. He's better than Marcus Mariota. Oh, he's a better version, but they play a similar style where the offense is already centered around Mariota. Yeah, but plug and play, I feel like. But how much do they want to continue playing that style of quarterback? Because playing that style of quarterback is, is, is dangerous. I mean, I'm not sure because they did go out and get Tannehill. They brought Tannehill in, who is not that guy. He's a he's a more pocket passer. And I think them going out and getting Tannehill kind of shows they want to transition from that running style of quarterback to a more traditional get-the-ball-down-the-field kind of guy. Because Mariota is a runner before he's a passer. Yeah. He's a garbage passer. So, I I don't know. I think I the Titans say, would be a very yeah. interesting 
situation. I would say the three teams who were speculating that this anonymous AFC GM could be are the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Tennessee Titans, or the Denver Broncos. I think those are the three best options if we're just speculating. You might even be able to throw the Bengals in there too. You could, but I think they realize they're bad enough that they might as well go after a young yeah, quarterback and just that's rebuild, true. you know? That's true. But that'd can, be a I, weird I don't think strategy. Can, I don't think you can rule them out. No, you can't, but but I think I, I would I agree. I think they would yeah. rather have a young guy. Yeah, and just rebuild their whole team and just take a couple years. But those other three teams, like, they're there. Yeah. We and we've oh, talked yeah. about the Titans in the AFC South. We like all those teams. Mm-hmm. And we I I think the Titans are underperforming. So I really like that. That I think that might be that team. That that might be the GM right there, because I think if they bring in Cam Newton, bam, they're all of a sudden wild card contenders. Maybe not division contenders because Colts and Titans are starting to eke ahead, but they could they could possibly do it if Cam Newton comes and is the guy he was before his injury. They could turn things around. They, he has the team around him. I think that they could. I think it's yeah. possible. Yeah. So I like the Titans as one of those picks. I also like the Broncos because they're another team that likes to utilize the run game. Yeah. And I think that they wouldn't be so mad if they had a quarterback who could use his feet. Yeah. Because they don't have that in Joe Flacco. Well, oh, fuck. I forgot the Broncos have Drew Locke. Jeez, I forgot about all these oh. quarterbacks <laughs> that got drafted this year. None of them are playing. Jeez, no. I forgot about that but too. But I love that. I love that. I love that they're not playing. Yeah, I agree. I, if I, if I draft, if I'm drafting a quarterback in the first round, you take a seat. Yeah, well, take a seat on the pine. Well, they got a good position for both of those guys. Cause, well, they did because they had Cam Newton and Carolina. Obviously, they still like Kyle over Greer, so I guess he's still good chilling. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, Kyle Allen doesn't go down with an injury. And then in Denver, they had Joe. They brought in Joe Flacco to be that guy for him to learn behind. Yep. Yeah, so maybe not Denver. Yeah, maybe we can maybe not Denver. Denver. Yeah, maybe we can. I, I, I Titans, like the Titans. It's got to be the Titans. I, I, yeah, it has to be the Titans. Because uh, the Steelers, you're right. It's a good pick, except for the fact that, and they have Rudolph. Still, yeah, they still do. And I think I think they want Rudolph to be their guy, yeah. especially with James Washington yeah. still on the team. I think could be the Steelers. I think the Titans are the best pick. Yeah, I think the Titans. That, that excites me because I would like to see if they'd make a deal for him. And I would love to see the Titans trade all their picks for Cam Newton because I think oh, yeah. that'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what their draft capital is right now. They might have a lot of picks in this draft. I'm not really sure. I'm not 100% sure. I, I don't believe that they have a ton of picks. I believe that they just have their seven usual picks. Yeah, I'm looking at a mock draft right now, and they have the Titans taking Jalen Hurts in the second round. Oh, do they not even have a first-round pick? No, they do have a first-round pick. They have them taking Derrick Brown, a defensive tackle, in the first round. Yeah, it looks like through the first three rounds, they just have their normal one, two, three picks. Yeah, so they have one, two, three. Then they have, it looks like theirs. They have their fourth, the Dolphins' fourth, and the Steelers' fourth. Oh, so they got a couple fours. They do, and they have good fours. Those are all. I mean, oh Dolphins yeah, those those are pretty decent four. fours. Pretty well, that Dolphins picks basically then, a three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They at the top of the draft, they only have their own picks. So I think you're gonna have to give up a lot for Cam Newton. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna have to give up that number one, which I think they should be fine with. The personally. one, yeah, they should be fine with giving up this year's first because 
they're not in desperate need of a first round pick this year. They have a solid team yeah. that they continue to build with few, with other picks. I think you can give them one. You can give them one of these fours this year easily, and you can give them another one next year. Another four. Another pick of between two, I think between a two to four I think next year. A one this year, a one, and that Dolphins three. One Dolphins three in a first. Dolph- Dolphins four. Sorry, Dolphins four. That well, it's basically a three because it's yeah, it'll be the top of the four. You're right. But one this year, Dolphins four, and a one next year. I would. Pull I think that, that might. I, I would pull the trigger for Cam Newton, especially. I would definitely. If I'm the Panthers, I'd do that. Oh, 100 percent. You're getting a lot of draft capital. You're getting two first rounds and a fourth round and this an extra year. Four. Yeah. 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 Give me that. I would totally do that. And if I'm the Titans. What are you missing out on? You're missing out a first-round pick. Technically, Cam Newton would be your first-round pick this year. Yeah. That's fine. fine and then me. you're missing a fourth, but you already have two more. Yeah. And then next year you're missing a first. So that would be the only thing that kind of sucks. But at the same time, their team is not in a position where they need first-round picks. Yeah. They're in a position where they need depth. Yeah. You know? They need talent. They do. And you can find talent in... Two through seven. The you don't need it in one. This is blowing my mind. The fact that they had this mock draft has them taking another defensive tackle. They took a defensive tackle this year that's not playing. They that hasn't even played yet. They need a lineman. Jeffrey Simmons hasn't even played yet. Yeah, they need an O lineman, probably a guard or center, like interior. Yeah, because they got Taylor Lewan and uh, holy shit, what's his name? I don't know. They, they need their right a, tackle's good too. Yeah, they need an interior lineman. Conklin, Jack Conklin. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, he is He's good. good. He's really they, they need a center or guard. Yeah. Um, that's what I'd be picking. And mm-hmm. that's why you don't need a first-round pick because yeah. not a lot of teams are going to be looking to— you, you don't need a top guard, and a lot of teams mm-hmm. aren't really going to be drafting that in the first round. You're going to be drafting your tackles in the first round. Yeah. So— I Unless think, you can get Quentin Nelson, which I well, would— Yeah, that's <laughs> different. Take, take him with the first pick. I would take him with the first pick, too. But either way— they don't need that first round pick. They, I think they can get their guard in the second round. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think. I think Cam Newton <laughs> coming back full circle. I think Cam Newton's on the move. Yeah. Hope. I am. I will announce this right now on the UB pod. I identify as rostered fluid, so I love trades, and if we can get Cam Newton to get traded, perfect. I don't care where he goes. I just want to see, I want to see as many trades as possible. And if this happens, I love blockbuster trades. I get up for blockbuster trades. So you heard it, heard it here first. The Panthers are going to be trading Cam Newton to the Titans for this year's first, next year's first, and this year's fourth. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. So moving on, we're going to move to the next segment. Have a day. Have a day, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, you got your second win of the season. You came out, and you came out fighting against a Falcons team that both me and Colin didn't think you could beat. True. Truth be told, we just thought that it was going to be the Falcons' week, and we said, if the Falcons lose this game, Dan Quinn gets fired. And hey, might happen. Maybe. You may have just gotten... Another NFL head coach fired. So have yourself a day, Kyler Murray. 
I hope that's the first of many because that's what greats are made of, like Tom Brady, who gets the entire AFC East head coaches fired year in, year in and year out. So have a day, Kyler Murray. You threw for 340 yards, three touchdowns, and you looked like the stud number one pick you were drafted to be. Have a day. Yeah, Kyler looked damn good, too. He he, he ran the ball 11, different, 11 times and still was picking up yards. I mean, David Johnson... Didn't really do very much on the ground, but he still he still was productive. He was very productive in the past game. Uh, my first have a day is Lamar Jackson. He threw for 236 yards and ran for 152 yards and a rushing touchdown. He is the first player in the Super Bowl era to pass for 200 yards and rush for 150 yards in the same game, regular season. And is also, he also joins Colin Kaepernick and Michael Vick as the only quarterbacks to rush for 150 yards in a game in the regular season. Is he the best running back to ever play quarterback? 100%. I would agree. (laughs) He is, he is, he ended up having 30 fantasy points. Like I said last week on Thursday, he'd have 30 or more against this Bengals defense. He just looked he looked solid. He looked very, very solid passing the ball. He was 21 of 33. I, th- I mean, he had a Lamar Jackson kind of day, and he looked damn good. I, I love me some Lamar Jackson, so have a day, Lamar Jackson. Have a day, Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros. <laughs> had to find my button. <laughs> Usually we have been doing Have a Day to be just an NFL segment, but no, we, we, we are bringing in now more sports because it's an important day for Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa tied the ALCS at one game apiece with a walk-off home run bomb to right field in the 11th inning. Top of the 11th, right? Bottom of the 11th. Of the it was 11th. in Houston. I don't know baseball. I hate baseball. So this was Carlos Correa's second walk-off hit in his postseason career. The first one was in 2017 ALCS Game 2 against, oh, who else? The Yankees. (laughs) This year, he hits another, his second career walk-off hit in the postseason which was, oh, game two of the ALCS against the Yankees. (laughs) Same exact situation, same exact team, both of his walk-off hits. Crazy. Carlos Correa, Yankee killer? Carlos Correa is the Yankee killer. (laughs) They might have the Bronx Bombers, but Carlos Correa, he's the Yankee killer. Absolutely. Uh, So have yourself a day, Carlos Correa. You made it so that the Yankees did not sweep you in Houston, and that is very important going into New York. If the Yankees had a 2-0 lead going home to Yankee Stadium, I think the series might have just about been over for the Houston Astros. So have yourself a day, Carlos Correa. You saved the series for the Astros. You live to fight another day, and I think you need to go into New York and take one in New York because you let the Yankees take one in Houston. Have a day, Carlos Correa. Have a day. Uh, moving on to my second and final have a day. Honestly, this is pretty much a have a season. 
for the Patriots defense. But have a day, Patriots defense. It was on Thursday, but they. Let, let, I'm gonna read off a couple stats for you real quick. I'm gonna quick stat dump for you. They had three interceptions, a fumble recovery, one sack, a block punt, eight points allowed, and two touchdowns on the defensive side. And I play them in fantasy this week. Yikes. Yikes. Also, also scoring that scored them 28 fantasy points as a defense. That is more points than DJ Chark, Zach Ertz, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, and Juju Smith-Schuster combined this week. Also, scored more points than the bottom 15 team defenses in fantasy this week combined. This year, the Patriots have 14 interceptions, two fumble recoveries, 25 sacks, while allowing 14 points or fewer in every single game. And also, they have five defensive touchdowns, which is only one less than the Bears' defense last year, already at Week 6. Say a prayer for my fantasy team for having to face the Patriots this week. Have a season Patriots defense. Bill Belichick is a fucking god. They're they're the best. They are the best team in the NFL. And we will get to that a little bit later. Oh yeah. But we've already talked about on the podcast that they're not they're not swaying. Oh no. They're staying at that number one spot. They are the best team in the NFL. And they got one of the best defenses. And they got one of the best offenses. And I don't know if they can be beat when it comes down to Super Bowl time. But on another note, the team that they faced in the Super Bowl, we got a little bit of a daily debate when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams. Struggle bus. Today's daily debate. Do you think the Rams will make the playoffs? Come. You know, watching the Rams the beginning of this year, it's been tough. It's been a little tough. It's been really sad because... I love Todd Gurley. I love the way he played, the way he came back from injury at Georgia and just dominated last year for my fantasy team. I really appreciate that. He he just isn't has not been the same person that he has been in years past. And I really think that knee injury is hampering him a lot more than people think a lot more than people want to think. And honestly, this team is still pretty much the same team that went to the Super Bowl last year, but not having Todd Gurley being 100% Todd Gurley hurts them a lot, and I think that they are a fringe wildcard team at best this year. I, I looked at their remaining schedule. I think they might be able to finish anywhere from 10-6 and six on the good side to 8 and 8 at worst but this this team is just and and to pile on the Seahawks and the Niners are really turning it on this year I I just think it's a really tough road ahead for the Rams to make the playoffs I agree 
and we can go through and walk through the road that the Rams have to go. Oh, it's a tough one. So they're right now three and three. Let's do best case scenario, worst case scenario. Let's start with best case scenario. Best case scenario. They're three and three. They lose to the Falcons, three and four. They beat the Bengals, four and four. Or they, my bad. They beat the Falcons and they beat the Bengals. So they're five, five and, three. and three. Five and three. They lose to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Well, we're doing best case scenario. They beat the Steelers. We're doing okay. We'll best do, case scenario, they fine. beat the Steelers. We'll do best case scenario first. Okay. So they beat the Steelers. They're six and three. Six and three. They mm, beat the Bears at home. Beat the Bears at home. Seven and three. Seven and three. Lose to the Ravens after a little bit of a winning streak. Yep. Seven and four. Beat the Cardinals. Eight, eight and four. four. Lose to the Seahawks. Eight and five. Beat the Cowboys in a must-win game at the end of the season. Nine and five. Nine and five. Lose to the 49ers. Nine and six. And beat then the beat the Cardinals in the last game, ten and six. Ten and six. That's best case scenario. Absolutely. There's absolutely best case scenario. They go ten and six. I do not see them doing anything better than that. Now on the other side, they still beat the Falcons. They still beat the Bengals. So what are they at? Five, Five and, and three. three. They lose to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Because Five and four. Steelers are heating up and they're going to get mad. They lose to the Bears. Five and five. They lose to the Ravens, five and six. They beat the Cardinals, six and six. They lose to the Seahawks, six and seven. They beat the Cowboys, seven and seven. They win a must-win game in San Francisco, Week 16. I will give them at least one of those. Eight and seven. Beat the Cardinals, nine and seven. So nine and seven. If they don't be the Niners, that's eight and eight. And they might, they might. I could, honestly, I could see them dropping the Cowboys or the the Niners game because uh, yeah. both of those are away. I think that they're hovering around eight and eight, maybe even seven and seven and nine. At very, very, yeah. very worst. Like horrible. So, you we got we have a window of seven and nine to ten and six. And that doesn't in that, that in that division. Do yeah. I don't think that gets it done. I don't think so either. Especially with the NFC and how many teams are playing well in the NFC. Yeah, I I, I just really don't see, I I don't see a way for them to sneak into the playoffs, being eight and eight. I agree, and I do think they're only a wild card team at best. I yeah. think that in the division that they're in with the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks are going to take that division, not the Niners. Mm, forgot about the Niners. I, yeah, they're going to be the third best team in that division. And that that's Niners right now are set to win that division. You're right. Actually, I do think the Niners will win the division, but the Seahawks will have a better record than the Rams. Yeah, yeah, I think the Rams. So are there would have to be three, three teams out of the NFC West if the Rams are going to make it, and I just don't think that's going to happen. No, especially now, especially with the NFC North playing the way they are. The NFC South playing the way they are, even uh, I guess NFC East to a lesser extent, you mm. still have to have one of those yeah. teams. One of the teams will stumble into the playoffs, but um, probably the Eagles. Pro- yeah, I'd, if I had to guess, that'd be my team. But I mean, shit, I I wouldn't I wouldn't take the Rams over the Vikings. I wouldn't take the Rams over the Panthers. I mean, I wouldn't take the Rams, obviously, over the Saints, the Packers, 
the Niners, the Seahawks, even the Eagles. So I think it'll be a tough road. If they make the playoffs, props to them. But as of right now, I think they are a wild card team at best if the Seahawks start to stumble. If the Seahawks or the Niners start to stumble, they can get Todd Gurley back healthy, 100% healthy, which I'm not sure that he can ever be 100% healthy again. I, I think they might be able to make a run for that that wild card spot, but maybe even the division if the Niners really start to fumble. But I don't know. I I I just as of as it stands right now, I I don't see it. Yeah, we're going on the fourth week talking about how we think Todd Gurley. There's a bigger issue there than is letting on, and we're the only ones and that are fucking talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we're still four weeks of it. We're literally going on our fourth week right now yeah. of us talking about it and no one else talking about it. Yeah. And when the national media and everyone starts coming out and saying, hey, the Rams might not make the playoffs this year. Or, yeah, no shit. This happened week six we talked about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we are kind of worried right now. And we talked last week. The daily debate was, was it time for the Browns to hit the panic button? Is it time for the Rams to hit the panic button? Yes. I would say yes. It is time for the Rams to hit the panic button with the schedule they have left. So... Do they fall out of our power rankings? We'll see. Let's find out. This is Week 7 NFL Power Rankings. Here we go. Number 10. Who do you got <laughs> number 10? <laughs> number 10 is a little bit of a clump. Oh, good. I love clumps. I, I got—I I, I really cannot—I I thought about it a lot. I debated it in my head. I went back and forth, back and forth. And I ended up clumping the Ravens, the Vikings, and the Texans all at number 10. Because I think all three of those teams are coming in hot, coming off of wins. They, I mean, yeah, the Texans did beat the Chiefs this week. The Chiefs have kind of been stumbling a little bit. But you can't fault the Texans for that. But I, I'm not going to fault the Texans for that. I just, I'm not sure. I think all three of those teams are very comfortably in that 10 range. So here's the way I look at it. If I were to start deciphering through these three teams, the Ravens, Vikings, and Texans, I think that the Vikings and Texans, as of now, have the upper hand on the Ravens. Yes. Because of who they've played and who they have beaten. Yes. The Texans just beat the Chiefs. Vikings just beat the Eagles. We had the Eagles ranked high. They're probably going to take a drop. But the Eagles and Chiefs are both teams who will probably still be in our power rankings this week. Mm -hmm. The Ravens just played the Bengals. Yeah. I think if we're going to start deciphering teams, we should probably drop the Ravens first. Yeah. If I, to if, I had to, if I had to rank those three, I would probably go Texans, Vikings, Ravens. I agree. And that's what I was trying to get to that yeah. we'll – break it down but and it's really only because the Texans have better wins than the Vikings which sucks because I think the Vikings are a good team and they should be in the top 10 soon I just think there's teams in front of them that need a fall for them to get up there um, at number nine we both have the Bills and I think the way the Bills are sitting right now because they're on a bye this week it's hard to drop them out of our power rankings just because they didn't play. Yeah. And 
I think they need to stay there, which unfortunately hurts the Vikings because if it was just about what happened this week, then you'd probably be putting the Vikings in there. And the Bills are also facing the Dolphins next week, which is probably going to be another win. I really... I don't know if I could put the Vikings in over the Bills even if I wanted to even talk about dropping the Bills. Yeah. I don't think I can do it yet. So, I agree. Let's put the Texans at 10. Texans at 10. The, the Viking last week for me the Ravens were the big loser. This week for me the Vikings are the big loser. Yeah. Obviously the Ravens still aren't in it so they're a loser, but the Vikings probably still should be in it but just can't be. Yeah. They're the big loser this week. Texans at 10. All right. And number nine, like we said, would be both agree on the Bills. Bills, yeah. Number eight. I have the Eagles at number eight. Um, Losing to the Vikings this week obviously hurts a lot. They take a little bit of a free fall from last week at four. I just, I I like, I I can't necessarily knock them out of the top ten just because that team is so goddamn talented. But it, it hurts. That, that that loss to the Vikings hurts. I agree. And it hurts to even make this, like, deciphering like situation because, like we said, the Vikings could be in this top ten, but because the Bills didn't play this week, gives it really a hard situation where we don't even know what to do right there because let's say we even put the Vikings at ten and – um the Texans at nine and the Bills weren't there, and then we would have the Eagles and Vikings two spots away from each other, but the Vikings have the head-to-head. Yeah. So, like, yeah, how that's... could we not even give them the head-to-head if they're that close together? That's true. But I think the Eagles are good at eight if the Vikings are, let's say, at 11, because like that's essentially where we just ranked them at would be 11. Because the Bills didn't play, we're still waiting on them. The Texans beat the Chiefs, like, I don't know if we could drop the Eagles below the Bills and Texans. It's a really, I think it's a really hard conversation to have, and I know it's going to be a hot topic when we just post the yeah. picture, and most people aren't going to know the reasoning behind it. They're just going to yeah. see the picture and be like, how the hell are you going to put the Eagles there? They just lost to the Vikings. We're the Vikings. Well, the Vikings should be there, and if you listen to the UB pod, <laughs> you would know that we want to put them there. We just got to wait maybe a week. The Vikings play the Lions next week, so that that'll be that'll be a very big game for them. That'll be yeah, prove it. That that'll be a big prove it game. If they win that game, then I think they definitely supplant themselves in the top ten. Is that in Minnesota? It is in Detroit. Good, that's a big prove it game because yep. the, the Lions are a lot better than people think. Tonight, uh, as we're recording this, we record on Mondays, so tonight for us is Monday Night Football. I'm excited to see the Lions. I think they're gonna give the Packers a run for their money. So. If they play a closed game and they're starting to look as good as they really are, yeah, that could be a really prove-it game for the for the Vikings. Oh, the Eagles also have a little bit of a prove-it game playing the Cowboys in Dallas on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, so that, that, that is. I would say so, especially because the Cowboys have dropped a few. Yeah. They're going to be looking for a win. So, yeah, it is actually a very big prove-it game. That, that, okay, so let, let's put it that way. Let, let's, I'm cool with that, and next week we'll come back to it. We'll revisit and see who ends up winning those those two games and— where we should put them in the power ranking. So we yep. got Eagles at eight. Number seven, I have the Seattle Seahawks at number seven. I also have the Seattle Seahawks at number awesome. seven. The Seahawks look good this year. Yeah, they do. And Russell Wilson is the reason for that. 
They oh, beat yeah. the Browns. They played them close. I think the Browns are better than people are expecting them right now. I think they're a top 15 team. The Browns are. They're just obviously losing like close games like this. They lost a close game to the Rams. They got blown out by the Niners, but the Niners are coming off a bye. I think the perception of the Browns is a lot worse than what it really is. So, yeah, I have no problem with the Seahawks winning a close game in Cleveland. Yeah. I like the I like the Seahawks a lot and I like them at 7. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't love the Seahawks defense. I think they have a decent defense. Uh, obviously Bobby Wagner's a stud, but yeah, I mean, it it really hurts the Browns. I mean, I, I think the Browns would have won that game. Had they had Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, like I said last week, I think, um, yeah, I put that caveat on the game. So, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks, I mean, obviously they came out and did what they needed to do. Chris Carson looked really good, ran for 124 yards on a clip of five five yards of carry. So I I like the Seahawks. I think they're, they they've definitely have a firm spot at number seven. So right above them is where the logic I was just getting into with the Eagles and Vikings with the head-to-head comes into play for me. 100%. I think the Chiefs deserve to fall a little bit for the little skid they're having. And I don't think they deserve to fall to six, except for the fact that I have the Colts at five. And I got to give the Colts the head-to-head. I can't put the Chiefs at five and the Colts at six when two weeks ago the Colts just beat them in a head-to-head. Yep. So it's going to look a lot worse seeing number six, Chiefs, than it really is going to be. Yeah. Because you got to put in perspective and what's going on here. Because I'd like to put them at five, but I can't because the Colts have the head head. Yep. And I want the Colts in that same range. So I, I will not put the Chiefs at five and the Colts at six when I know that the Colts just had the head to head. That's not right. And I think the Colts deserve to have the bump this week because of the head to head. Yeah, so I have uh, the Chiefs at six, Colts at five. Obviously, Colts on a bye this week didn't play. Uh, just I agree, Colts at five above the Chiefs too. I think this, the Chiefs are still a very good team, but like you said with the head-to-head, I think the Colts do have that advantage. Quick tidbit on the Colts. Their entire offensive line has played together for the last 358 snaps this season, and they've only allowed one sack in the last three games. That's 112 passing attempts, one sack. That's crazy. They're line like I'm telling, like we said at the top of the show. Build your team. Build your team through from the line out. I mean, they're they are a living embodiment of how well that that plan of action works. And I think I think I really believe if I looked at this from a completely unbiased perspective, obviously I'm biased because I grew up in Indianapolis and I am a Colts fan. This Colts team is good. They are very, very good. And I think playing anybody in the league, I think they have a chance to win the game. I agree. And from an unbiased perspective, I also agree. And they've proved it against the Chiefs, and I'd like to see them prove it going down the road. Like you said, they had a bye this week, and I was waiting to see a Colts game, and I couldn't. And I'm excited about the Colts, so... They get a bump because the Chiefs just cannot be above them when they have the head-to-head from last week's game. If this were to be a few weeks from now and the Chiefs had turned it around, obviously I'd be more comfortable with putting the Chiefs above the Colts despite losing. But if it's last week that this game just happened, how could you not give them the head-to-head? Yeah. So 
We got Chiefs six, Colts five. Another another big proofy game next week for the Colts. Texans coming into Indy. Big division game. Big division game. We'll we'll see how that one plays out. That that'll definitely shake up some some power, some of the rankings. So as you know, and already mentioned a few moments ago, we record on Mondays. So Monday night football has not yet occurred for us. So this Monday night football is obviously going to have some implications in our power rankings with the Packers playing this week. If the Packers lose, I have them at four because they'd be losing to a Lions team that I think is trending upwards, but a team that they should still be beating. And if they don't, then I have the Niners there. So at four, I have the 49ers. If the Packers win, the Packers lose, then it's the Packers. Yeah, I completely agree. I I, I like that. Um, I still think win, lose, or draw, this Packers team is still a top-five team in the league. I think their defense is obviously pretty fucking good this year. I mean, they still have Aaron Rodgers on the team anytime Aaron Rodgers is under center. The Packers have a chance to win the game. And if they lose to this Lions team, which has looked pretty decent in the past couple of weeks, obviously it'll hurt. But I think putting them at that four spot would be, I'd be comfortable with that. Yeah, and so that would mean that the Niners get a boost upwards yep. if the Packers lose and the Packers go at four, the Niners get boosted up to three. At Niners D, man. But assuming the Packers win, uh, just to finish out the power rankings, at three I have the Saints. Yeah. Sa- I, I agree. I think the Saints, I mean, I think it was extremely disrespectful the fact that the Saints went into Jacksonville a one-point dog. Yeah. I think I think the line might have even jumped up to three. By the by start time? By the start of the game, I yeah. think it was up to a—they were up to a plus-three dog. It was definitely a one when we recorded, and I talked to him, like, I'm throwing money on that game. Oh, yeah. If, if that's me. I'm not a betting man, but if you're a betting man, like— Oh, yeah, that, 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 that one was— One-point dog? That no was, way. That was a lock of the century oh, yeah. there. I mean— they they did only win 13-6. It was a little bit of a defensive battle. It was a but, road game, though. But, but yeah, I, I still think that, that that defense is pretty good as well. Marshawn Lattimore is insane. Um, Teddy is doing Teddy. Yep. Being fine. And Drew Brees might come back this week, next week. It's only a couple weeks away that we might get Drew Brees back. I wouldn't and force the Saints it. Saints are undefeated. Well, Saints are undefeated, so that's why I wouldn't force it. Yeah. So... Yeah, I like the Saints, even with Teddy Bridgewater yep. at three. And we were hesitant. We kept him around the five range for a couple weeks now because we were so hesitant about Teddy Bridgewater. But we know now he's proved it. He's undefeated. So way to go, Teddy. You're at three. And if Packers lose, you're even up to two, which yep. is very impressive. That being said, if the Packers win on Monday Night Football, we have the Packers at number two. Firmly. Number two. Yes. They're not moving. Um, we liked them at number two last week. I think they still earned that spot at number two because, like we said, this is a good Lions team, and I'm expecting it to be a close game because it's a divisional matchup as well. Yep. But I think they're going to come out and beat the Lions. Yeah, I, I do too. I think uh, the Packers will shut down that Lions offense pretty, pretty quickly mm-hmm. early in the game and really take over. Uh, and then at one, obviously— they ain't going nowhere. Pats. New England Patriots. They're not moving. Mm-mm. They ain't going nowhere. We had a little bit of debate 
on people on Instagram saying, hey, why are the Chiefs not above the Patriots? Patriots haven't played anyone. Well, look at what happened. Yeah. Patriots undefeated. Chiefs lost two in a row. So that's why. We are not moving the Patriots. I mean, uh, the strength of schedule debate is is valid because they haven't played anybody, but that's not their fault. Exactly. They don't make the schedule. I mean, it's not their fault. Their division is absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. They just well, it is. It's Tom Brady's fault, as as previously mentioned. It is Tom's Brady, Tom Brady's fault that their division is garbage. It is a little bit his fault. I would agree. But that. That's a good but, thing, though. <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, it definitely works in their favor. Yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they're they ain't going nowhere. No, Patriots are number one. Let's and read I, it back. I did see back. I did see this week that they might be getting their first round pick back soon. Wow, Nikhil Harry. So yeah, that'd be big. That, that could be very. Very interesting. So let's read it back. I'll read back the version of the Packers winning because that's what we're projecting. And obviously if they lose, it just the top part of that gets bumped up a little bit. So let's just read if the Packers win. At number 10, the Houston Texans. Number 9, the Buffalo Bills. Number 8, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number 7, the Seattle Seahawks. Number 6, the Kansas City Chiefs. At number 5, the Indianapolis Colts. Number 4, the San Francisco 49ers, number three, the New Orleans Saints, number two, the Green Bay Packers, and at number one, the New England Patriots. That's our top 10 power rankings of the week. Thank you for listening to this great show, but it's coming to an end. So that was another edition of the UB Pod, and we're very thankful for our listeners. So... If you're listening to this podcast and you love this podcast, please follow us on Spotify. Please subscribe on Apple Music. Rate five stars when you can. We are available anywhere podcasts could be listened. Most importantly, Apple Music and Spotify. So please share the podcast with your friends, the homies. If you love sports, come listen. If your friends love sports, let them come listen. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Unfinished Business, at Finish the Biz, Finish the B-I-Z on Instagram and Twitter. We are Unfinished Business, and we got some unfinished business. We, we bring that business here to finish. Um, so thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.